Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Million Dreams Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Nichols. Before we jump into today's exciting episode, I have two updates for you all. Last episode, we talked with Louise Harvey, and we ended the episode talking about a way to raise money to help her fly back home later this summer to see her family in England, which will be the first time in over two years. I'm very happy to say that you all were able to raise $700 for her plane tickets for when that time comes. So thank you so much for helping make this happen and for playing a part in someone else's dream coming to life. Next, I just want to talk briefly about this podcast. First, thank you so much for listening. And if you have time to leave a rating or a review, it would be so appreciated. The ideal goal is to put out an episode around once a month. But A Million Dreams is actually more than just a podcast. In fact, I host workshops and do guest speaking at different organizations and conferences around what it means to live out our dream every day in ways we can fight against burnout. And I say this because if your team, organization, or business would like an in-person or virtual team event centered around those things, you can email me at nolan, N-O-L-A-N, at amilliondreams.info. And you can also visit online at amilliondreams.info for more information and to read the blog as well. Okay, enough with the announcements. What I love doing about these podcast episodes is I get to talk to friends about their story of how they got where they are. And today's guest is Josh Mensinger, who is a really good friend that I have known since childhood. We went to the same high school, had the same summer job, both went to Virginia Tech, and now he is working in one of my favorite cities, Charlotte, North Carolina. Josh is a partner at Search Solution Group, which is a headhunting and recruitment firm, which means that they help other organizations and businesses find the best candidates possible for job openings. We're going to learn more about Josh's story, and at the end, I'm going to ask him questions about his perspective of the job application process that can give you tips as you move forward in your own life. Josh, it is my pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Nolan, it is great to be on this podcast, and uh, I'm really excited about being a part of it and all the work you've put into to building this brand. It's It's been fun to watch it grow and, and see uh, you really thrive with this. Thank you, Josh. That means a lot coming from you, and I'm really happy that you're on the podcast today. To start off, what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up for you, and what was your dream when you were a kid? Yeah, I, um, growing up, I, I definitely did not have the, the picture perfect childhood. Um, you know, I don't, I think everybody, you know, regardless of your, your family situation, how perfect it can look on the outside. I think everybody, you know, has their, their struggles and so forth. Um, I, I never knew my biological father, my, Mother was a single mom for uh, a decent portion of my my childhood, and then she married a man when I was probably around ten, uh, who ultimately ended up adopting me, and that is who I can. That's who I call my my father, and that is who my my father is. Um, and that. Um, that's all really, you know, it, on the outside, it, it's, uh, it's not the, the picture perfect, but it definitely helped create who I am today and, and create a lot of the, 
I would say grittiness that I have to, to want to, to do more and be more and, and, and go off and create this new path was a lot of the, the, the things that I, that I, you know, went through as a, as a child and seeing my mom sacrifice so much for me when she was, you know, young and, and, you know, having me when she was 20 and struggling to raise a kid as a, a single mother and, and all of that is, has really fueled the fire for me to, to do what I've done and continue to do what I'm doing. And um, if you would have asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? When I was really little, I always would say I wanted to be an archaeologist. <laughs> um, that clearly did not happen. I think I was just obsessed with dinosaurs and fossils and, and things. And at one point, I, I thought I wanted to be an actor then I wanted to actually the first um, major that I applied for at Virginia Tech was landscape architecture. And then ultimately, probably a month in from my application, I, I switched my major even before getting any sort of acceptance and switched it to HNFE, which is human nutrition, food and exercise with the goal of doing physical therapy. I encourage people to change their mind when it comes to going to college and what you ex you think your career is going to be don't get too you know don't get too dialed in on, on one thing because you quickly realize as you grow older and you get exposed to new things that your interests change and your passions change and most likely you you'll probably pivot a little bit especially once you're in college and you start taking classes and so forth Okay, so you go to Virginia Tech, go Hokies, by the way, and you're in the final months of senior year as an HNFE major. In your final semester of your senior year, you realize it's not something you want to do as a career anymore. What was your thought process like in that decision? I wasn't sure I was super passionate about physical therapy enough to commit to going to grad school and at, you know probably doubling my student loans and, and so on and so forth. So I started to explore making a career out of personal training. I um, got a couple offers to take that route right out of school and become a personal trainer. But I, I still wasn't sure that that was really going to be um, fulfilling enough to make a, an entire career. I really enjoyed it in college, but to make a, a full career around it, I, I didn't think it was going to be fulfilling or challenging enough for me. And so really, honestly, I was getting down to the wire. It was probably April and of my senior year. And I still, I had no plan, no plan at all of what I was going to do. And of course that becomes stressful. What's everybody asking you your senior year, you go home, you talk to friends, it's what are you doing next? And I started seeing my friends accepting jobs months before graduation. And here I am still trying to just figure it out. And I was, I was a part of a fraternity in, in college called Pi Kappa Phi. And Pi Kappa Phi has its own national philanthropy nonprofit called the Ability Experience that raises money and awareness for people with different abilities. And every summer, there's a huge event called the Journey of Hope, where brothers from chapters all across the country join together and do a cycling trip from the West Coast to Washington, D.C. There's three different routes. And ultimately, I had always thought that that was an amazing 
uh, event, but I never, I didn't commit to signing up for it in time to be a cyclist. You got to really, you got to sign up over a year in advance to train and fundraise and all of this. But I had somebody reach out to me and say that they needed crew members. That was a huge decision to make is, okay, I'm, I'm about to graduate. Do I take a leap of faith here and have no career set, but go do this nonprofit, do this philanthropy trip, this mission, and spend three and a half months traveling the country to you know promote awareness for people with dis- different abilities. And it was it was a very difficult decision. It was one that I I knew was a, a risky move. And I remember I um one day I just said, you know what, this I really have a feeling that this is what I need to do. And so I committed to signing up. Uh, I think a month or so later, I, I graduated. And two weeks after that, I flew to Portland, Oregon. I had never been on a plane before. I was 22 years old. I'd never been on a plane. Um, small town problems. <laughs> um, and, and that's where a whole new chapter for me started, uh, was that, that leap of faith right there. That's so incredible, Josh. So take us through what was next for you once that three and a half month event was over? It was all, you know, it was, it was an absolutely incredible experience, life changing in, in so many different ways. And uh, about midway through the trip, uh, I started to catch word that there were some opportunities to actually work for Pi Kappa Phi at their headquarters. Uh, there were some roles that had opened that I could apply for. I applied, I did a couple phone interviews on the trip, and unfortunately, I actually didn't get the role. I, I, was, I, was, I got the call, the rejection call that they had chose other people, and boom, there I was. I had a couple weeks left to finish this trip, get to DC, and then at that point, my fate was really going back to Luray with no plan, and that's what I did. I, I moved back home, uh, moved in with my family and ended up getting a random, um, random job actually at a stained glass art studio, um, where they go and do stained glass restoration, super niche. And I was the guy in the shop cleaning glass and picking up things and helping install stuff. And, um, pretty humbling experience. And about a month and a half, two months into that, I got a call from Pi Kappa Phi. And they said, we know we didn't bring you on board for that leadership consultant position, but we actually have another role that's opening up that we think you'd be a good fit for. I had never been to Charlotte. The role would be based out of Charlotte. That's where Pi Kappa Phi's headquarters is. And uh, so again, I was leap of faith. I said, let's do it and moved to Charlotte January of 2016, having never been here a day. And that's when I started working for Pike of Phi as an expansion consultant. Moving to a new city, especially from a small town, it can take time to get adjusted. How was that adjustment process like for you? And how was the job going? 
growing up in a small town, to me, Charlotte was like New York City. Uh, it was huge. It was, I didn't know my way around. I didn't know what was what. Everything was uh, pretty overwhelming at first, but I, I knew it was, I had made a good choice. I knew that, you know, just getting out and, and putting myself out there and being vulnerable was, was, a, was a good uh, decision to make. Um, ultimately, it, it did come with some, some, some trials and tribulations for sure. I uh, ended up working the role with the fraternity for about four months. I didn't feel that it was, it was the long, it was the long-term professional route that I wanted to be at. I, I lived on the road a lot in that role and I really wasn't in Charlotte at all. I was, I was living out of my 2003 Toyota Corolla with 260,000 miles on it and, um, you know, bouncing from motel to motel. So ultimately I, I wanted to make a change. And uh, one of the guys that was on my team for Journey of Hope had gone to school in Charlotte and he was an intern at this company. And he had mentioned it to me on our cycling trip about recruiting and ex- headhunting and executive search. And he's, he said, Josh, I, I really think that you should look into it. I think that would be a good path for you. Um, at the time, I didn't know what recruiting was. I didn't know that it was even an industry or that you can make a career out of it. So I kind of brushed it off and it's like, ah, sounds interesting, but mm, nah. And uh, ended up reaching back out to him because I knew he still was in Charlotte and said, hey, do you you still have connections with that company that you had mentioned? And uh, he said, yes, I, I do. Well, he made an introduction um, to an organization called Search Solution Group and took a couple phone interviews and they invited me to come on site in Charlotte and ultimately got offered a temp role as a 1099 contract employee to be basically a um, recruiting assistant, just do odd and in type of projects and, and just get my feet wet in the recruiting world. And that is, that is where I started uh, with Search Solution Group, and that's really where my my true Charlotte uh, chapter started. At that time, I was absolutely broke as a joke. I was living on that, that same guy that I mentioned that was my teammate. I moved in with him, lived on his couch for six months. Um, didn't really know if I was going to make it in the recruiting world. I ultimately end up having to borrow money from his mom to help pay for rent for us to get a two bedroom apartment. So I didn't have to live on a couch anymore. And uh, yeah, the, the first, the first year was certainly, um, was certainly difficult trying to, trying to get on my feet down here. So you enter the company you now work for as a temporary hire, meaning that you weren't a full-time staff member yet. So how did you work your way up, not just from becoming a temporary hire, but now you have the job title of partner, which is a high profile role within that company? I was way behind the curve. Uh, I knew that, you know, in order to to catch up, I was just going to have to work really hard and and go headfirst into it. Just really gave it my all asked a lot of questions, tried to absorb as much as I could as, as quickly as I could. And um, 
started finding success, started, you know, making placements as we call it in the recruiting world. And with success, I, I started to gain more confidence in the industry. I started to speak up a little bit more uh, within the organization, bring new ideas to the table. I, 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 I went, in it, went into it knowing that I wanted to be the best that I could be. And I didn't want to just come and, and, and be average. I wanted to, to give it my all and, and show that I wanted to make the organization better. So I ended up you know, quickly moving up into a leadership role to where I had a small team of, of recruiters that um, that I led and coached and, and mentored and, and really enjoyed doing that and um, just building building rapport throughout the the company and continued to to find success and ultimately um, after being there for gosh what was it three years I was offered an opportunity to join the company as a partner. Um, so I took that opportunity and, and now I'm a, a partner in the firm here five years in, I'm uh, still with the same organization. So it's been a, it's been a heck of a journey. It's come with lots of ups and downs, but, uh, overall it was, it was a great, great decision and, and really it created my career that I, that I have now. And then through all of it, I think humility and, and humbleness is 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 huge regardless of how how much success you find staying humble and showing humility knowing when you aren't always right you don't always know all the answers sometimes you have to ask for help and being approachable josh after a lot of twists and turns you've landed at a great company and have really worked your way up but it's not just about climbing the ladder, right? You have to make sure it's leaning against the right wall. So I want to ask you this question. What's important to you? Being able to, to give back has always been huge for me. I, I come from fairly humble beginnings. Um, and I knew I always wanted to do more and reach levels that my family hadn't reached before. And that was huge for me is to, to really go off and, and establish myself and establish um, a new legacy for, for kind of future. And that was a goal of mine from, from early days in, in high school and, and, and venturing off to Virginia Tech and so forth was, was, was doing that. And, one of the things I was most stoked for was when I was able to, uh, I purchased a couch for my mom. <laughs> uh, it sounds silly, but it was a, it was a huge milestone. It was, you know, something that she had always wanted and, and needed and, and, um, just to be able to, to do that. And, 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 and that was, I remember just being like, oh, wow, I just, I just bought my mom a couch. Like that was cool. Looking back on your life thus far and all the pivots that you've gone through, both personally and in your career, how do you make sense of it all? Yeah, that's a great question, Nolan. All those pivots, as you say, I see them as as leaps that I took. And in, in, um, I think life is full of leaps and in being vulnerable and taking risks has always been something that that I've 
done and continue to do. When we are vulnerable, when we take risks, you put yourselves in situations where you, you've got to grow. Always having a, a positive mindset and, and that optimism and you know, focusing on the silver lining in, in situations has, has really helped me. And um, of course, surrounding yourself with the right kind of people, people that are supportive, people that are also challenging themselves, that are taking risks. Um, you know, that, that has been helpful for, for me as well. I think there's multiple peaks throughout your life. When I look back, there was certainly a timing in college when I, when I thought, you know, life was its best and I peaked and um, there was definitely a valley right, right after college. And now there's, you know, multiple peaks that I've had since being out. Uh, I think I don't, I don't focus on just one. I think life is full of, of peaks and, and I hope there are many more to come as new chapters um, open up for me and I'm excited to see what else is, what else is out there. That's amazing, Josh. Uh, I have a couple questions for you about the job search process because you're in a position where you're seeking out quality candidates for jobs. So I think your perspective would be interesting for listeners to hear, especially those applying or thinking about other jobs. So my first question is, what do you value more when looking at candidates? What their college major was or what type of experience they have? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It really depends on on the role. Uh, a lot of the times, usually, I, I'm one that leans on the experience side because the the degree is 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 one thing. I think it's it's important to you know have that experience of going to college and, and growing and learning and and accomplishing that. But everything after that is what really makes you who you are and build your career. However, there's always going to be those outliers of if you're trying to be an engineer or if you're want to be a VP of finance, you're going to have to have certain degrees. You're going to have to have that finance degree or that accounting or that engineering degree. So those, those are the outliers. But in general, it, it's, it's really going to be your experiences versus what that piece of paper has on it. That's really interesting to hear. You know, I read a stat recently that said that 75% of college graduates do not end up working in the field of their major, which I think is just really interesting because it's hard to know what you want to do at 18, 20 years old. You know, it's it, it's tough questions to wrestle. And it's one of those things like in your story, Josh, you're kind of learning what you like to do along the way. My next question is this. As candidates move from the application process to the interview process, what are employers looking for? These days, employers are really looking for people that are willing to adapt and that are comfortable with ambiguity. That that is a huge, huge selling. If you can show show examples of experiences where there was a lot of change and you were able to navigate that and how you navigated it because most organizations are constantly evolving, especially in today's world where we still don't know exactly what working is going to be in three months and six months and a year. So that willingness to adapt is, is huge. Um, aside from hard skills, I, I, I'm a big believer that soft skills Go go a long way, and in a lot of in a lot of instances, soft skills go 
way beyond hard skills. Uh, I hear clients all the time talk about how we can teach the hard skills. Um, that's something that my company, we approach that kind of mentality as well, is that you can teach hard skills. You can teach people how to use a system or how to follow a process or whatever it may be, but you can't teach the soft skills, the you know, humility, the the effort, just the personality, how you treat people, how you carry yourself. All of those things are, are extremely important in, in an interview process and putting your best foot forward. And then the last thing I'd say is, is preparation. <laughs> it seems like a, an easy one, but being being prepared for who you're talking to, doing a little bit of research on the organization, but beyond that, doing research on who, who you're talking to. Everyone loves when people know a little bit about you. And if you can throw in some of your knowledge about the, the hiring manager and you know where they went to school or some of their accomplishments, like that is going to break the ice and open up dialogue and, and probably go a long way. Um, so certainly do, do your research and, and be prepared all in all. I, I think my biggest advice to people is, is to, you know, for me, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for, for taking a ri- taking risks and, and getting out of my comfort zone. Um, I, I would maybe say a, a life full of leaps is, uh, is, is something that certainly would, would mark true for, for me. Um, you know, I can, I could talk about more stories going back to, you know, when I first joined college and, and just putting myself out there and, and, and just trying new things. And, and every time you do that, a new little path opens or a new person you meet who introduces you to somebody else or that experience. I mean, it's just, it's wild when you, when you dial everything back to trying something new and taking that leap. And when I think about just my journey as a whole, if I would have taken one of those leaps and not done it, it's, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So take a leap, get out of your comfort zone, try something new. You might fall down, it might not work, but I guarantee that in that process, it's some other door is going to open. Some other person's going to want to take a risk and, and, and give you a shot. It, 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 I guarantee it. But staying stagnant, not putting yourself out there, it's, I think it's, it's, it limits so many people. For listeners, I have three things that I want to focus in on from Josh's story. First thing is how Josh found out what his motivation for success was. It was to give back to his mom and his family. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because the most joy in life comes when we give to others, whether it be giving our time or our money. What's the goal for you? To earn more money to raise your standard of living or to earn more money to raise your standard of giving? Investing in other people's lives is the best investment you can make. Second point is to not be afraid to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to pivot and try something new. The only failure in life is not trying. Josh put himself out there. He didn't know what the next step was going to be, but he put his best foot forward and worked really hard. And that's when the next opportunity opened up. Here's what I would like to say to you. Don't cling so tightly to old plans that you don't have open hands to accept what's next. 
And the last point is to always be searching. Never feel like you've arrived. I think that's what's so fascinating about Josh's story is that for his entire life, it's been one giant search. He's always been searching to see what his interests are, what his passions are, to see what's next. And now he's in a role where his job is to search for the best candidates for open positions. We should never feel like we've arrived. There's always something new to learn. Our minds should be constantly stretched by new things, new ideas, new perspectives. Change is actually a good thing. It causes us to expand our mind, expand our thinking, and become better people and more loving people in the process. Josh, I want to thank you for sharing your story and insights today, and most of all, for your friendship. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next episode. But until then, remember that the best is always yet to come.